2: You're listening to Rum Bunter Radio, episode number 44. We continue to journey through this offseason. Tonight we are joined by another special guest, a Pittsburgh Pirates prospect, one of the greatest arms in this organization right now. No relation to the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow. Michael Burrows joins the show tonight. Michael, how's your offseason been? Thanks so much for coming on with us tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, Michael, uh, before we get started tonight, we have to... To talk about our friends at manscaped guys the lawnmower 3.0 is here and we cannot talk about this thing enough the manscaped engineering team has been working on this razor for 18 months it's their third generation trimmer it features cutting edge technology a ceramic blade uh that skin safe technology i've been talking about it's waterproof the battery is unbelievable it lasts 90 minutes you could run a marathon before this thing runs out it's got led lights which illuminate the grooming areas it has a USB charging dock. If you guys are listening to me speak right now, I want you to be a part of this experience. Experience it firsthand for yourself. Fram the junk off of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with code RUMBUNTERRADIO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. RUMBUNTERRADIO at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. I promise. Uh, Michael, you are from a cold area, Waterford, Connecticut an area that hasn't produced as much baseball talent throughout the years, but in recent memory has produced some excellent arms and, and position players as well. You were one of the top arms in the Northeast coming out of high school, but let's do that. Let's let's go back further than that. Let's start with where it all began. How were you introduced to the game of baseball? What got you involved? in and, and kind of talk about your, your early days in the game.
3: Um, when I was younger, you know, my dad kind of just, you know, threw me into the three major sports, basketball, baseball, football, and I kind of weeded them out as as I grew up, and football was the first to go. Then uh, basketball was the next when I was in high school, and then baseball was was you know became my dream kind of when I hit my freshman year. But I kept
2: playing basketball until uh, sophomore year. Then junior year was just junior year, senior year was just football. And I, was, I was locked in. Yeah, like I said, you were one of the top arms out of your high school. But growing up, you played three sports. Talk about how that kinda of helped and who was some early inspiration for you as you kind of figured out baseball what you do? Um,
3: it was kinda of left up to me because, you know, my dad my dad wasn't, you know, one of those parents that, that tried to plow the plow the way for me, so to speak. He just stepped back and kind of let me make my own decisions and and he helped me as much as, as much as I needed, you know. He was always involved, you know, trying to get me anything I needed, um, any training I needed. You know all that kind of stuff, and uh, I appreciate them a lot for that because, you know, letting me make my own decisions was, was the biggest part about it. And at the end of the day, baseball became what I wanted to do.
2: Yeah, no, it's important to, to have that, uh, that you know—that ability to make your own decision there and, and pursue what you enjoy. Baseball, for some people, isn't that uh, for you. It obviously was your high school program, Waterford, Connecticut. You. It had an unbelievable streak of scorelessness and not even allowing a base runner for a while. Let's talk about your, your career in general, though. Some of the earlier years and kind of how you started to realize, wow, I'm, I'm really good at this game and uh, your progression throughout it.
3: Um, I'd I like to say I was pretty humble coming um, my, my freshman year, but I didn't expect to make varsity. And, uh, our coach ended up you know, putting that trust in me to, to start varsity. I was actually starting in left field. Um, as a fielder, position guy, and about halfway through the year, I started to pitch. But um, I was I was playing, the, I was playing a uh, position like um, hitting hitting stuff all the way up until halfway through the year. Until he realized he's like, hey, like he can pitch too. So um, I started doing both, and he put a lot of trust in me, and I, I really appreciate that because there's a lot, you know, a lot of parents that didn't agree with that that decision to put a freshman on the uh, varsity team. And start hard all that stuff, so, you know, I appreciate him putting the faith in me that, they, that I was going to, you know, that I, that I was going to play well and, and all that. And I, I never left the varsity team from the first game, and that next year, my sophomore year, I really started picking up pitching and, you know, hitting, too, but then my junior year, pitching and, and hitting, like, I loved being a two-way guy. It was, it was awesome. I loved to hit, and I loved pitching. Um... I didn't really make my decision until it came down to my senior year. And that's, that's kind of what teams were looking at me for was pitching. And I was like, well, you know, I have the, I have the option um, to go play 2A at UConn possibly. I mean, it was on the table. Like, if I wanted to, that probably would have been a lot of work. I would have tried to do it. Maybe I would have went one way or the other there. But I really found a love for pitching my junior, senior year, and I was dominating there. I don't know. I Just I had a lot more love
2: for pitching um, than I did hitting, but it was hard to put the bat down. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
3: If I can cut in here, so are you? Are you saying that before your freshman year, you didn't really pick at all? Not at all. But I was like, I was always being a two-way guy, and like, I loved hitting. Like, when I was in, I don't know, eighth grade, like I was playing a lot of travel baseball, and like hitting, like I was hitting all the time, and like pitching was just kind of like throwing like i wasn't like pitching you know what i mean like it was like i'll like go up there and compete and try to pick some guys down and, like you're throwing all fastballs for the most part of that age and like a couple as i start getting older some changes but i wasn't i wasn't really in depth with that i was like all right i want to i want to yeah, i want to go hit some bombs dude but yeah okay. um, it, it kind of just took over as i as i really like grew to love it like i was just i became obsessed at a point because it was just there was so many ways to Advanced, and I was like, oh, maybe I should try this with the grit. Maybe I should, yeah. I started doing drive line balls. And there's just so many things to do. And I was trying to study up on it. And, like, that's when I realized. I was like, yeah, I don't even, I don't want to hit clearly. Like, I want to pitch. Like, this is where I need to be. So I can't give you an exact time or date when that happened. But it was somewhere in high school. That's
2: awesome, man. It, that's really a different story. You hear a lot of pitchers kind of become obsessed with that early on and, and stick to that. Your story's a little bit different. And like you said, there was that opportunity to play for the University of Connecticut. We'll get into your decision to to go to the pros here in a second. But as you kind of had that conversation, you know, thinking about the players in your area, what what made you pick UConn as, as the school? Were there other schools that were offering you? Talk about your, your junior senior year and kind of the process of getting recruited. Um, I I committed right after my freshman year of high school. Uh, it was pretty
3: early wow. in, the, uh, in the game, yeah. So I went up to I got invited by the coach up to UConn to like go tour the school, and I was like, oh great, like oh this be sick, like you know. I knew a coach there; he was actually um, I was actually hitting with him. Their their first base coach. I was. Getting lessons from him, hitting wise, because he lived in the same town. So uh, I was like, "Oh, cool! Like I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go take a tour. Like that'd be great." And I ended up, you know, we finished in his like we went to his office, and I was like, "You know, all right. So I guess we're gonna talk, talk shop or whatever." He ended up making an offer by the end, and um, he gave me two weeks before it started depreciating, um, which was kind of kind of crazy to think about now, like looking back on it. But I. Love the school, like I, I love the atmosphere up there. The fact they were in the AAC at the time, you get to go south all the time. The only home, I mean, the only games like that were going to be cold were home, and it was 45 minutes from home. So it all it all seemed great, and I was like, great offer. I don't, I'm not going to really have to pay anything for school. Um, so I figured it was a great fit, and plus it took a lot of weight off my shoulders. The rest of the way um, through high school, like I knew, like right, well, I'm going to UConn. Like I have, I have that commitment down already. So you know, I don't have to worry about recruiting and the money going to other other guys later in the process and losing out on money. Yeah, it's got to be recruiting. Other schools um,
4: try to recruit you as time went on, and as you kind of evolved as a player.
3: Um, yeah, as a freshman year, I had like. Boston College, um, and then Michigan and Michigan State were contacting, you know, my summer, my summer ball coach, like, asking about me coming up there to visit stuff because they heard about you coming on so early. Uh, but I ended, I ended up not visiting a couple other small schools too, like Iona and Paris. Um, but really like, I don't know, I guess, I don't really have any regrets because of the position I'm in now, but, um. Maybe if I was, you know, in college, maybe, or maybe when I got to the end of it and I realized I was going to college, maybe I was, maybe I would look back and be like, hey, I should have taken a couple of looks at different schools. But I felt like I was in a really good spot. And I really liked the school at the time.
2: so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an ideal spot. I and mean, it has to be super relieving to know, you know, I, I'm kind of guaranteed college regardless of what happens. But, you, you know, you were 15 years old. You were young, 14, 15, around there. Was that, you know, uh, the offer so, you know, everything else at such a young age, um, you know, we're still trying to be a high school student and everything. Um, I
3: don't know. It was it was a little weird after I committed and stuff because honestly, I couldn't believe it myself. I was kind of like, like, am I really like? What is committing? it's, it's such a like? It's out in the air. There's, nothing, there's no pen to paper. It's like it's this real kind of thing. And I remember people in like in the town, like, kind of being skeptical about it and not. Uh, you know, believing it. And not everybody, but some people like it was just it was very it was a weird time after I committed, and then as it went on, it was like you know, I mean, I wasn't lying about it. Like this happened, so um, uh, it was a, it was weird. But I, I, mean, I was committed to school. It was, I I feel like I had no stress, I had no pressure. The success was was hand to like just working hard and trying to trying to get to the college level and, like, be, be a, you know, a competitor right out of the gate, somebody who, who can pitch on the weekends at my freshman year, you
2: know? Certainly. Certainly. Any, any skeptics, any doubters in Waterford, Connecticut? Our boy Mike's in the pros now. You made that decision to forego college, forego UConn, late in the process. Talk about that decision. It, it had to be a very difficult one, I'm assuming, to decide. You know what? I am gonna I'm gonna pursue professional baseball instead of doing college and uh, it's obviously worked out for you very well. How about that process and, and what ultimately led you to that decision?
3: Um, yeah, so um, right after my junior year I was summer ball through, um, through the summer and then I got to the fall and I went to Jupiter and Jupiter's like the biggest travel ball, you know tournament of the year like every everybody if you're if you're a guy you're going to that tournament you're going to find a team to take you and go to that tournament oh yeah and i i went down and i did pretty well i've been like four innings had like seven k's or something and i was up to like 93 and i don't know there's after that like i had a lot of in-home visits when i got back to connecticut um from area scouts and stuff and that's when i was like oh like this is this could actually happen. Like this year, like I get drafted this year, um, and then fast forward to senior year, I guess, like going through high school season, um, did pretty well, obviously, and like kept in touch with a couple scouts. It was pretty up in the air. I was like, it doesn't like until like a few weeks before it was like, I don't know if anybody's actually going to take me. Like this, the draft is so unpredictable, anyways, right? So going into that, into the draft, like. I had no expectations. I didn't have an agent. Um, I decided to go in without one. Um, I kind of I just wanted all the money. I wanted to handle it myself. Um, I, I didn't feel like I needed an agent. I just put my number out there, and I was like, "Hey, if anybody wants to take it, take me." But I'm not backing out. I'm not you know I'm not going to back down from from what you know I, the money that I want. Like it's it's that number or nothing. Like I'll, I'll go to school.
2: Would, so, would you change that looking back on it? Would you go with an agent now if you uh, could do it over again, or stick it out and, and handle it all yourself? No, was pretty badass. Like just telling <laughs> off teams. Like <laughs> I remember getting. I remember I got like two calls in the fifth, and they were like, "Hey, will you
3: take the spot?" And it was under what I wanted. I was like, "Yeah, no." Hang <laughs> <laughs> up the phone, and my dad was like, "Dude, are you nuts?" He's like, "If I were eighteen, I would have said yes." And and, and like myself. He was like, I can't you just turned down the next round you know, money. I was like, dude, I, I said it's my number or nothing. So I spoke to it and it ended up working out. But yeah, it felt pretty good. Yeah, I saw. much uh, interest in the pirate show to you uh, leading up to the draft. Um, the only guy I, I mean I talked to was Eddie Charles, the area scout. He's he's one hell of a guy. I love Eddie. He. Yeah expressed a lot of interest in me. When he came to my house to visit, he actually remembered, like, the actual, like, events, like, in-game from, like, two years ago. Like, he's been watching me, like, all the way leading up to this day's home visit. And I was like, dude, like, I barely remember that. And he remembered it. You know, like, just little things. And it was like, to out. Yeah. yeah, it really just good out to me. Um, but, yeah, he, that was, like, the only guy from the Pirates I talked to. And he was clearly very interested, and I loved Eddie, so... So leading leading up to the draft, other than the Pirates, what other teams were you hearing from? You know, do you have any teams outside of might be interested in you? Um, there's like a handful of teams. I remember the, the Padres, you know I don't know like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this stuff, but I remember the Padres told me I'm, you know, they're gonna take me with their fourth round pick and it was a done deal. Until their first rounder backed up on him and said, "Yeah, I want, I want the full slot," because he said that he would take less. And then I remember getting the call in the fourth, and they're like, "Yeah, like we want to take you, but will you take less money?" And I was like, "No, dude." It was like the hardest thing. It was like fourth round. Like that sounds so cool, but like at the end of the day, like like now, like the round doesn't matter at all. Like like the money is what the money the money says something. It's not about the money. It's about what the money says, right? So, I just I didn't want to back down from my number. Um, Padres, Dodgers, it was like the Royals gave me a call a few times, but they didn't really seem that interested. They're like it almost seemed like they're just dancing with me or something. I don't know. Um, and then the Phillies.
0: Well, don't worry. We we've had guys who've talked about draft night. And things they heard from teams and scouts on, on here before that have definitely gone into more detail than that. And as far as we know, they've never gotten in trouble for it. So I think you're okay.
3: Um, <laughs>
0: no worries. But um, to to flip to the pro side of things, you know, after you get drafted, your your career got off to a pretty remarkable start. I mean, through your, what, all of 2018, your first start of 2019, your first 19 pro innings, you didn't allow a single earned run. Um, I mean – I think mean, my biggest question is whenever you were getting into that stretch there, whenever you would take the mound, were you even like aware that was going on? Or was it one of those things you kind of just blocked it out? Hey, I'm just going to go pitch and whatever happens, happens.
3: Yeah. I, I I get asked about that a lot. And it's like, I mean, 19 innings is a big sample size, but I just like, regardless, I go out and compete. You know, I just compete fast and Like, I think about nothing else. Like, It's between, that's what I love about pitching, you know, and hitting, but pitching for me is, like, one-on-one, like, who's going to win this battle right now, and, you know, that's how I like to take, you know, batters in life is one step at a time, or one pitch, you know, that one pitch, like, I got to win this pitch, so that's taking it, taking it step-by-step really, like, you know, kept, (laughs) kept those numbers out of my head, like, you know, like, you know, like, yeah. It would it, it would have messed with me if I was looking at my numbers like oh I can give up a run you know what I mean? like I would have, you know it would have here like I can't give up one or something no, like I can't
2: be afraid to give up runs I just gotta like I gotta compete you know definitely yeah you uh you competed quite well there in the in the GCL to get it started but before that you know you get the call from Pittsburgh what's your initial your initial reaction to to being drafted to to the Pirates a pretty rich baseball history you know the success has been here and there, these last twenty years, but uh, you know, what were your thoughts? Um,
3: I wasn't like, I, 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 regardless, you know, of who the team was, like it was like it was more about me, right? It, like, oh, like, all like, right, I get a chance to go, like I get my chance now, like let's go play pro ball, like let's get, you know, three years ahead of the guys who are gonna go to college. It was about getting that, that edge and that first step into pro ball, and like. And, you know, pursue my dream regardless of, of the team at the time. I, I love to see Pittsburgh. I think the fans are awesome. I really do. It's like, you know, I, but I didn't know that culture. I knew Boston. Like, Boston was awesome. That was my team. But, like, once I got a feel for Pittsburgh, then I started really appreciating it more. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, good call on Boston there, too. Close to New York City. Uh, really excellent to hear that you did not decide to become a Yankees Yankee Mets fan. Uh, you know, we're we'll with the Red Sox. Uh, but you, like you said, you were a high schooler that got drafted. You didn't do the college route. You were three years ahead. How did that kind of aid you and, and uh, you know, build your confidence a little bit, build your mindset knowing that, hey, I'm, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, doing this with guys that never went through college and, you know, taking a few more years to get here?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to push myself. I wanted to get into pro ball and really see, like, you know, what I could do develop, like, to develop my career further rather than, you know, go, going to college and competing and, and winning for your team and, and doing all that stuff is, is probably a great experience. I never – I obviously didn't do it, but getting into pro ball and really, like, developing – at, you know, at your craft and what you do, regardless if it's with the team or in the off-seasons. There's just, that I've, I've made more progress, I know I have, I know I made more progress in the last three years than I would have in college. In college, I would have just probably been, you know, a similar pitcher to when I started, but just a little bit stronger, maybe. I really just don't think I would have, like, worked on things that I've worked on if I, did, if I went to college.
2: So you dominate in the Gulf Coast League, like Marty said, 19 scoreless. Uh, but, you know, that wasn't necessarily your thought process. You get the call up to low-A West Virginia. How much of a step up was that from Gulf Coast ball? You know, we hear about players struggling a little bit to make that transition. You did well. How is that, uh, that, that low-A ball different from Gulf Coast baseball? And, and how have you kind of noticed your game develop since you, since you got to West Virginia? West Virginia was super cool.
3: I, I kind of considered that like my college experience, you know, like in Morgantown. And, like, that league was was all most of, like, your best college draft picks. So it was like, all right, so I get the best of, of these college guys from this year, and this is who I'm going to compete against. You know, mixed in with some, you know, Latin guys and and some guy like some high schoolers like, like myself who, are, who, are, who have already uh, been here. And it was some really good baseball. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was a good three months, and I say, you know, I look back on it. and I'm like, I look at video. And I'm like, dude, I sunk. like. <laughs> I remember going going through this year and stuff. Like, I'll, I look at video of where I was then and where I am now, and like, how my pitches move and like how they look coming out of my hand. I'm like, dude, if I like, I'm still young, but like, I'm I, I wish I could just go back and tell myself, like, dude, throw it like this. What are you doing, you know?
0: <laughs> it's kinda of crazy to think you feel it looking back on it because even at West Virginia, it's not like you struggled. I mean, you know, you look at one start up here in front of you, one start, you give up runs, and outside of that you only give up fifteen runs the other ten starts. Like that that's that's pretty solid. You know, you have one bad start and ten good ones, that's a that's a fair trade of anybody's gonna take.
3: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Like everybody says I have a lack of control, like, on every scouting report, but it's like nobody looked at the sample size and and what the games consisted of because that one game really screwed everything and like and I and it was a short game like I didn't pitch many innings but it really it, it, it skewed all the stats. It's a complete yeah. outlier.
0: Actually, I pulled up an article I wrote about you in September of nineteen. in a recap of the top prospects last season. And that uh, start, I went into it for that reason because you only pitched one and one third innings. And if you take away that start, your walk rate drops to like 3.5%. Like it's
3: like, all, like you he says, I remember reading that article and I was like, somebody
0: got it. Like, yeah, that was me. It says, thank you. let me find it here. It's a 10.4% walk rate, but if you take away that start, it drops to 7.5%. Like that's an astronomical difference because like 7.5% is not bad at all.
3: <laughs> right. That's, yeah. Here's 10, really. I mean, it's not so really if, if you have 10 over a full season, that's really not all that bad, especially. Yeah, you
4: know, one thing that we've learned through talking to a lot of other prospects throughout the organization, um, there was a big change, but obviously last offseason in the organization. Talk about some of the, the differences. Um, you know, cause you talk about the differences you've seen yourself just from a few years ago. Talk about some of the differences that the turnover in the organization
3: has uh, done for you. Um, it, it's given me a lot of, uh, a lot of good feelings really. Um, that's the best way I can put that because, you know, when I went to Instructs last year and I see Oscar and Ben Sherrington and Eric Shelton and, they're all down, like they came down for a week and they're like involved and talking to all the guys and getting to meet their prospects and and you know, they're guys in the organization that aren't just major leaguers and I, that was like that was a changing point for me, I'm like, alright so, you know, they care about us, like we're not just like pawns, you know like, we're not just some guys down here like, you know working, they, they, they just see a name on a paper, you know, so it was cool, like to, to To meet them and get to talk to Oscar, especially like I had some really cool conversations with him about you know pitching and like the mentality you know side of it and pitch you know a little bit of pitch design, but more so the mentality of it and you know that stuff really you know lit a fire in me about this year.
0: You know, all all of, yeah, all of that's good to hear, and all of that is very similar to what we have heard from guys we've had on the show since the change in game. Um, you know, just mentioning how this front office seems to be a lot more I'm trying to connect to you guys, make that personal life, Just a name on a piece of paper, a name on a scouting excuse me, not just name on a piece of paper or name on a scouting report anymore, but trying to get to know you better as people, and in turn, that's going to help them get to know you better as pitchers, as hitters, as fielders, as whatever it may be.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly. we've heard so much of that, and that's you know, that's just awesome because the old regime did a lot of great things, but it seems like this regime has just been so personal with the players and it's really helped guys, you know, map out a plan of where they want to get. You said it's kind of like college down there, in West Virginia. Talk about your experiences with the guys, uh, you know, that were on your team. Obviously, dude, you're competing against to, to try to get to the next level. But you know, it, it seems like a very bonding experience from what we've heard. Talk about your your experiences, maybe some stories out of a uh, ball.
3: Yeah, <laughs> ball is such a weird dynamic because you're, these are all your boys, and you're like, you're going to you're going to fight every day with them. But at the same time, you like that competitive competitiveness in you is like, all right, like I need to do well. I want to get. I want to. I want to do really well, and I want to you know get to the next level. I want like you're trying to pursue a dream and. You're trying to you're trying to take spots essentially you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to take guys jobs so you know creating that you just, it's it's a weird dynamic but those are all your boys at the end of the day like when you're hanging out and playing video games or playing the guitar watching TV like hanging out you know on your downtime those are your boys like that's that's who you're where who you're there with for seven months you know non-stop Missing home, missing family, really. Um, So, yeah, weird dynamic. West Virginia was super cool, like being in Morgantown, being in a college city. Um, I don't know if I have any, like, family-friendly stories, but there were – you know, it was a really good time down there. I loved it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate you, uh, you know, looking out for the younger younger listener here. Uh, I'm sure there's some crazy stories that come out of there. Uh, But, you know, you're dominating. you're, You're continuing to progress in your professional career. And then a 2020 comes that, that just rocks everybody's world, not just in the game of baseball, but, but in life, obviously. A pandemic hits. Uh, you know, referring to the game of baseball gear, it, it killed guys like you. I mean, it killed a ton of minor leaguers, guys that are trying to, you know, make it up, some of the younger minor leaguers. Talk about your 2020, the struggles, and, and how you got through it, how you battled.
3: There was, there was so much, man. It was such a, uh, a fight mentally for uh... – I was lucky enough to have another, you know, Pro ball pitcher around me, Nolan Long. He's in Double A with the Dodgers. Um, I was just lucky enough to have him around because every day we were just getting up and we were going to throw, and we're like, "Dude, where's the light at the end of the tunnel here? We're getting chased by cops off off a field because we're throwing on them during COVID." Like we're like, "Dude, like, <laughs> like so many times we got the cops called on us just oh for God. throwing a baseball outside, Jeez, man." <laughs> uh, like, it was the most brutal. At, at one point, we actually told them to call the cops. Drew, like, we're not leaving. Like, have the cops come and remove us from the field. Like, we just, it was it was, it was was bad. But we actually ended up finding a, uh, a high school field near us. And it was almost like, you know, field of dreams. Like, we <laughs> build it and they'll come. Like, we had 15 hitters, like, seven pitchers, like, all pro guys. And they just filtered in around the state. And they were coming down and we were we were doing live for a while, and, um, me and awesome. we, were, we were working out on a beach. we were boxing. we were doing all this, all types of stuff to keep it keep it new, keep it exciting. Like just trying to do do different stuff, you know.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's just being able to do what you can during everything. It was such a weird time. We heard we heard yeah. dudes, you know, going behind pizza places and and trying to throw there because they wouldn't be caught or anything like that. Just a just a different year. Uh, but you know, how has it built you as a person, as, as an athlete? How has that helped grow your game and, and kind of, you know, grow your mentality? In a sense, it was a it was a wild year, and I'm sure, you know, it, reps were not the same, and you weren't able to get maybe on the mound as much or throw as many bullpens or anything like that. But you know, I gotta assume it's really helped you kind of grow as a person.
3: Yeah, um, dude, I, it was it. A- COVID year, I hated it, but I grew so much as a person and a pitcher. Like, uh, I was also lucky enough to have a rap soto. And, like, having that and, you know, being able to talk to Nolan, talk to Nolan's pitching coaches. Like, uh, Nolan, Nolan actually has an old roommate from college. I don't know if you guys heard of uh, Baseball Performance Center in New Jersey. They, yeah. a bunch of yeah. stuff's been going around about Harvey when he, he just went down there and, like, going to big league camp at the Orioles, like, trying to revive him. And uh, they do some cool stuff down there. Mike Adams, he's, he's, he's going to, like, he's one of the only coaches that's ever thrown 98 in his life. I'm so happy that dude got signed by the Phillies. Happy for him. Like, I went down there a few times this offseason. But, you know, during the summer, I was getting feedback from him. Like, dude, you know, try this. Try this. Look for this um, on your curveball with the rap photo. Look for this with the fastball. Like. Try to get your slot up to a 12.30 rather than a 1 o'clock. You'll bring up your vertical. Like, there was so many things. And I took it one step at a time. I was like, all right, let's nail this. And I was like, all right, what's next? Nail this. What's next? And it's just, it's been, you know, compiling and growing. And I, I'm in such a good spot right now where, you know, I feel really good and ready for this year, especially. But last year, like, I feel like I would have went into that season probably looking the same way I did. Um, maybe obviously a little bit different, maybe a little stronger, but I would have probably looked the exact same as, as West Virginia. Like I didn't, I don't think I made a lot of progress pitching wise over the off season, like pitch design and all that stuff um, from 2019 to 2020. So I'm so happy, like I got, I made all this progress this year in COVID, and then through these last few months in the off season.
2: And yeah, that's awesome to hear because there's so many guys that, that didn't have that story. You know, they really struggled and, and couldn't get through to the other side. It sounds like you got even better, uh, which is awesome to hear. You know, leading into this 2021, a, a very young organization, an organization that you can you can make some movement in and really progress fast. What is your goal? what What's your what's your plan as you continue to attack the professionals? And uh, you know, I guess what's your what's your goal? When do you hope to get to the big leagues?
3: for you know when I win with big leagues but you know I know regardless of of what happens like I'll, I'm gonna die trying like I wanna get there I wanna stick I wanna stay like I, like, I don't know what, I'm, what I'd do without the game so it's mm-hmm. you know it's hard to imagine a life without it so you know I'm gonna put everything I have into it and you know get there eventually I know it's probably gonna sound that probably sounds cheesy but <laughs> seriously though like I, I, like, dude, dude, I just, I can't, I'm not a 9-5 to person. There's no way I'll ever be able to leave the game and be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do insurance like my dad. Like, no offense to him, but I just can't. <laughs> uh, it's just not me. Um, so, <laughs> dude, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I guess my goal, my goals for this year, I thought, when I, when I talked to Oscar, the biggest, the, the best thing, you know, the best thing I've ever heard from a pitching coach, he said, dude, like throw everything in the zone and just let yourself play. Get out in the zone. So that is my goal this year is to throw all my pitches over the plate, you know, not trying to be too perfect with anything and get myself in trouble. Just throw my throw it throw it to, to the best of its ability over the plate and just let it do its thing. Um, and I wanna hit triple digits too. Like that's 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 where I'm at. I hit ninety nine a few times over, over quarantine and you know, cleats some dirt with some fans this year, I hope. Uh you might see some some, some big numbers. Um, I think I think I will.
0: Well I think, I think we should be good on the fans on the fans uh front at least. I know the pirates have said they're gonna all have I think twenty five percent for spring training to start. And we my family has season tickets. And from our under, excuse me, from our understanding, the start the year they're going to at least allow season ticket holders into the ballpark. So I'm assuming if they're doing that, then the minor league should hopefully have have some fans in the stands as well.
3: Yeah, I hope I hope uh, you know at some capacity we do because that would be great. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I want to ask, um, and
4: you kind of touched on this a little bit about how you increase your spin rates, but the one thing we did hear about. Through other reporters and stuff, is, is that you've really taken a big step forward in terms of your stuff? It, it sounds like it based off that you know that velocity being in like the upper nineties. What uh, you know, what, what what else have you been doing to I guess you know increase your velocity and
3: just in general uh, get your stuff to that next level? Um, I think pitching is such a it's, it's such a mentality like. Throughout quarantine, my biggest goal was to just keep my intent up the entire year, like every day, no matter what. Like even if it's a recovery day, like at some point in my throwing program, getting up to a hundred percent, like feeling that max effort throw all the time, so that I can build up my, you know, arm strength, body strength, and teach my by throwing harder. You teach your body how to throw harder. That's the simplest way to put it like like lifting like you can't you can't go to the gym and expect to like lift heavy one day take a week off and then lift super heavy the next and not be sore or lift the same amount like you have to do it consistently in order to see results so i think for me it was like all right throw harder like throw harder it's, right. it, sounds, it sounds so psychotic but like it's it's the reality of it like if you don't do it enough or if you're not you're not really getting that max effort and like I train young guys too. And that's what I tell them is like, you know, don't blow it out. Like feel out your body and listen to it. But at the same time, like always be striving for more and, and and try to throw harder. I'm not saying running gun every day, but you know, just, just sit there on a flat ground and let it, let it rip to your throwing partner or a net and just consistently feel, you know, what it feels like to throw harder. And then, I got tips about throwing, instead of throwing from a one o'clock slot, which is like, if you're looking at a clock, you know, a dial to one o'clock, you know, moving it up closer to 12 o'clock, throwing more over the top of my spin direction, and that helped my vertical. And honestly, that probably helped a lot with the velocity, too. It might have been a more comfortable arm slot, whatever the case may be. Um, But, I mean, that, there's, that, and then, Dude, I had no back. If you go look at West Virginia, that's another thing I was pissed about. Is I had no backside whatsoever. It was all out of body yeah. throws. Like I'm, I touched 96. I don't even know how. Like, I didn't. I didn't use my legs at all. Like not. You're not using your legs. Like it's rotational um, power and linear power with your with your torso and stuff. But you know, I didn't really have a lot of that, nor did I think about it. So you know, that was a lot of the power too. It was like being leaked, like I, I didn't hold tension on my backside. Um and like my rotational like when your foot lands you want like that's where your rotational power is. If you're already leaking that forward, then you don't have anything. Nothing happens until that front foot hits the ground. So like that was a big learning process for me it was holding my, you know, upper body back so that and letting my hips clear below so that I created that rotational power. So that was probably, you know, a good part of it too. There's so much that went into it. That's just like kind of like a baseline. But yeah, no, that, that definitely was what I was
2: looking for. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's like being a pitcher, there's just so much that goes into it. And like you've been talking about all episodes, it's really mind games. More than anything, Is getting your mind right, getting that mentality. When it comes to your role, you've been a starting pitcher your whole life, really your whole career, more than your whole life being a two-way guy. But uh, we had a guy, Noah Wright, write an article recently about, you maybe be in a nice bullpen piece for the Pirates later down the road. Are you dead set on being a starting pitcher as your career continues on or are you open to other roles that are coming out of the bullpen? Um I mean I'm
3: I'm I'm not dead set on on being I wanna be a starter as long as I can. It keeps the options open, but dude, the big leagues is the big league. Like I just wanna get there and I wanna compete and pitch, so that's like the bottom line. Yeah, I think the,
4: the big thing, though, I was looking at was, you know, the potential power of basketball as the way to get you up uh, quicker to the big leagues. You know, how they always look at that as a potential bullpen role. But, you know, as far as um, starting this year, you know, is, is
3: there an outlook for you? Do you have any idea where, you know, you might be starting the year up? it um, likely, like the high-grade pros So what I'm thinking. Um, no, that's right. They flip-flopped them. Okay. Yeah.
4: Green from green. But yeah. Oh. So you were so you'll be in a way skipping low A then. Yeah.
2: Okay. Solid. I think yeah. that's a that's a solid route. <laughs> skipping get to uh, get to Greensboro. What's your goal for 2021? We You talked about your your end goal, but for this season, what do you want to get to? Um dude,
3: if I you get to double A this year. Again, I can't have expectations or else it's just gonna keep me alive, you know what I mean? So Don't I mean I just want I wanna to get to the big leagues that's the bottom line. Regardless of where I'm at, like I just wanna earn whatever, you know, I wanna earn a jersey, regardless of that high A, double A, big leagues. like I just I wanna you know I just wanna do my part, earn the role and just earn a spot and steal spots. Like I'm trying to take jobs. Like I want to get up there. I want to compete. Like eventually, someday, regardless if it's this year, next year, or the year after. Like you know, like <laughs> it's hard. Like, I just can't have an expectation going on this year. Like.
2: And it's, it's good to keep an open mind and uh, just continue to improve your stuff and get better. It's been so awesome hearing your story in the game of baseball. One thing we love doing here, though, Mike, is is going to know you a little bit more as a person. What if a few Pirates fans need to know about Michael Burroughs uh, outside of the game of baseball? Uh, I got friends that call me Gordon because I was like, Gordon them, I,
3: guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, like, here, rattle off a couple of questions, I guess. Like, what's my favorite? Food? Yeah. What, what's your favorite food? Favorite food, probably like a fillet. Okay. Like right. Medium. Where you got? Where what, what was it? Uh, what kind of uh, medium? Medium well. You know, well, it depends on the restaurant, believe. If it's a really nice restaurant, medium rare for sure.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Only if you can get it done right. Yeah. Sometimes, a little
3: more depending on the way the restaurant looks, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I
4: <like that laughs>
2: yeah. I like that Yeah, I like that mentality. What about uh let, let's do one more. How about your favorite vacation spot?
3: Oh, I mean growing up, I used to go to uh Disney World with my family. I went to uh Main my favorite Vacation spot is is probably Maine because we had so many, you know, memories up there. We'd go like in August, really good time and go um, you know, paddle boarding and all that stuff. It, it was a it's, it's a great time up there. And we had the whole family.
2: So oh, yeah, go see the lighthouses, check out the water. It's a beautiful area up there. Uh yeah, well awesome stuff, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on with us tonight and, and giving us your thoughts. As always, man, you're welcome to come back whenever. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a prospect roundtable table here in a little bit. You're welcome to be a part of that. Uh, but like I said, thanks so much, man. It's been it's been a pleasure tonight. I
3: appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Tim, for coming on. Yes, sir. Absolutely.
2: Guys, we're going to be back with another episode next week. Until then, hit the website. Go check out the content right now. Tons of articles out talking about free agent signings and other things uh, surrounding the Pirates as we get ready for spring training 2021. For Marty Lee and Nick Caparoso, my name is Trey Danity. As always, guys, you can find us on Omni.com slash Rommunter and Sida.com slash Hit us up on our mobile app. It's just Buncher on the App Store. Our social media at Buncher, Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a player feature on Michael Burroughs. Have a great week, everybody. Let's go, bud.